the siege of corinth by lord byron stanzas twelve to twenty two this librivox recording is in the public domain recorded by antipodean writer at antipodeanwriter.wordpress.com the siege of corinth by lord byron stanzas twelve to twenty two stanza twelve the tent of alp was on the shore the sound was hushed the prayer was o'er the watch was set the night round made all mandates issued and obeyed tis but another anxious night his pains the morrow may requite with all revenge and love can pay in guerdon for their long delay few hours remain for he hath need of rest to nerve for many a deed of slaughter but within his soul the thoughts like troubled waters roll he stood alone among the host not his the loud fanatic boast to plant the crescent over the cross or risk a life with little loss secure in paradise to be by houris loved immortally nor his what burning patriots feel the stern exaltedness of zeal profuse of blood untired in toil when battling on the parent soil he stood alone a renegade against the country he betrayed he stood alone amidst his band without a trusted heart or hand they followed him for he was brave and great the spoil he got and gave they crouched to him for he had skill to warp and wield the vulgar will but still his christian origin with them was little less than sin they envied even the faithless fame he earned beneath a muslim name since he their mightiest chief had been in youth a bitter nazarene they did not know how pride can stoop when baffled feelings withering droop they did not know how hate can burn in hearts once changed from soft to stern nor all the false and fatal zeal the convert of revenge can feel he ruled them man may rule the worst by ever daring to be first so lions over the jackal sway the jackal points he fells the prey then on the vulgar yelling press to gorge the relics of success stanza thirteen his head grows fevered and his pulse the quick successive throbs convulse in vain from side to side he throws his form in courtship of repose or if he dozed a sound a start awoke him with a sunken heart the turban on his hot brow pressed the mail weighed lead-like on his breast though oft and long beneath its weight upon his eyes had slumber sate without or couch or canopy except a rougher field and sky then now might yield a warrior's bed then now along the heaven was spread he could not rest he could not stay within his tent to wait for day but walked him forth along the sand where thousand sleepers strewed the strand what pillowed them 
and why should he more wakeful than the humblest be since more their peril worse their toil and yet they fearless dream of spoil while he alone where thousands passed a night of sleep perchance their last in sickly vigil wandered on and envied all he gazed upon stanza fourteen he felt his soul become more light beneath the freshness of the night cool was the silent sky though calm and bathed his brow with airy balm behind the camp before him lay in many a winding creek and bay lepanto's gulf and on the brow of delphi's hill unshaken snow high and eternal such as shone through thousand summers brightly gone along the gulf the mount the climb it will not melt like man to time tyrant and slave are swept away less formed to wear before the ray but that white veil the lightest frailest which on the mighty mount thou hailest while tower and tree are torn and rent shines over its craggy battlement in form a peak in height a cloud in texture like a hovering shroud thus high by parting freedom spread as from her fond abode she fled and lingered on the spot where long her prophet spirit spake in song oh still her step at moments falters over withered fields and ruined altars and fain would wake in souls too broken by pointing to each glorious token but vain her voice till better days dawn in those yet remembered rays which shone upon the persian flying and saw the spartan smile in dying stanza fifteen not mindless of these mighty times was alp despite his flight and crimes and through this night as on he wandered and over the past and present pondered and thought upon the glorious dead who there in better cause had bled he felt how faint and feebly dim the fame that could accrue to him who cheered the band and waved the sword a traitor in a turbaned horde and led them to the lawless siege whose best success were sacrilege not so had those his fancy numbered the chiefs whose dust around him slumbered their phalanx marshalled on the plain whose bulwarks were not then in vain they fell devoted but undying their very gale the names seemed sighing the waters murmured of their name the woods were peopled with their fame the silent pillar lone and grey claimed kindred with their sacred clay their spirits wrapped the dusky mountain their memory sparkled over the fountain the meanest rill the mightiest river rolled mingling with their fame for ever despite of every yoke she bears that land is glories still and theirs tis still a watchword to the earth when man would do a deed of worth he points to greece and turns to tread so sanctioned on the tyrant's head 
he looks to her and rushes on where life is lost or freedom won stanza sixteen still by the shore alp mutely mused and wooed the freshness night diffused there shrinks no ebb in that tideless sea which changeless rolls eternally so that wildest of waves in their angriest mood scarce break on the bounds of the land for a rood and the powerless moon beholds them flow heedless if she come or go calm or high in main or bay on their course she hath no sway the rock unworn its base doth bear and looks over the surf but it comes not there and the fringe of the foam may be seen below on the line that it left long ages ago a smooth short space of yellow sand between it and the greener land he wandered on along the beach till within the range of a carbine's reach of the leaguered wall but they saw him not or how could he scape from the hostile shot did traitors lurk in the christian's hold where their hands grown stiff or their hearts waxed cold i know not in sooth but from yonder wall there flashed no fire and there hissed no ball though he stood beneath the bastion's frown that flanked the seaward gate of the town though he heard the sound and could almost tell the sullen words of the sentinel as his measured step on the stone below clanked as he paced it to and fro and he saw the lean dogs beneath the wall hold over the dead their carnival gorging and growling over carcass and limb they were too busy to bark at him from a tartar's skull they had stripped the flesh as you peel the fig when its fruit is fresh and their white tusks crunched over the whiter skull as it slipped through their jaws when their edge grew dull as they lazily mumbled the bones of the dead when they scarce could rise from the spot where they fed so well had they broken a lingering fast with those who had fallen for that night's repast and alp knew by the turbans that rolled on the sand the foremost of these were the best of his band crimson and green were the shawls of their wear and each scalp had a single long tuft of hair all the rest was shaven and bare the scalps were in the wild dog's moor the hair was tangled round his jaw but close by the shore on the edge of the gulf there sat a vulture flapping a wolf who had stolen from the hills but kept away scared by the dogs from the human prey but he seized on his share of a steed that lay picked by the birds on the bands of the bay stanza seventeen alp turned him from the sickening sight never had shaken his nerves in fight but he better could brook to behold the dying deep in the tide of their warm blood lying scorched with the death-thirst and writhing in vain than the perishing dead 
who are past all pain there is something of pride in the perilous hour whatever be the shape in which death may lower for fame is there to say who bleeds and honours eye on daring deeds but when all is past it is humbling to tread over the weltering field of the tombless dead and see worms of the earth and fowls of the air beasts of the forest all gathering there all regarding man as their prey all rejoicing in his decay stanza eighteen there is a temple in ruin stands fashioned by long forgotten hands two or three columns and many a stone marble and granite with grass overgrown out upon time it will leave no more of the things to come than the things before out upon time who for ever will leave but enough of the past for the future to grieve over that which hath been and over that which must be what we have seen our sons shall see remnants of things that have passed away fragments of stone reared by creatures of clay stanza nineteen he sate him down at a pillar's base and passed his hand athwart his face like one in dreary musing mood declining was his attitude his head was drooping on his breast fevered throbbing and oppressed and over his brow so downward bent oft his beating fingers went hurriedly as you may see your own run over the ivory key ere the measured tone is taken by the chords you would awaken there he sate all heavily as he heard the night wind sigh was it the wind through some hollow stone sent that soft and tender moan he lifted his head and he looked on the sea but it was unrippled as glass may be he looked on the long grass it waved not a blade how was that gentle sound conveyed he looked to the banners each flag lay still so did the leaves on Sitheron's hill and he felt not a breath come over his cheek what did that sudden sound bespeak he turned to the left is he sure of sight there sate a lady youthful and bright stanza twenty he started up with more of fear than if an armed foe were near god of my fathers what is here who art thou and wherefore sent so near a hostile armament his trembling hands refused to sign the cross he deemed no more divine he had resumed it in that hour but conscience wrung away the power he gazed he saw he knew the face of beauty and the form of grace it was francesca by his side the maid who might have been his bride the rose was yet upon her cheek but mellowed with a tenderer streak where was the play of her soft lips fled gone was the smile that enlivened their red the ocean's calm within their view beside her eye had less of blue 
but like that cold wave it stood still and its glance though clear was chill around her form a thin robe twining nought concealed her bosom shining through the parting of her hair floating darkly downward there her rounded arm showed white and bare and ere yet she made reply once she raised her hand on high it was so wan and transparent of hue you might have seen the moon shine through stanza twenty one i come from my rest to him i love best that i may be happy and he may be blest i have passed the guards the gate the wall sought thee in safety through foes and all tis said the lion will turn and flee from a maid in the pride of her purity and the power on high that can shield the good thus from the tyrant of the wood hath extended its mercy to guard me as well from the hands of the leaguering infidel i come and if i come in vain never o oh, never we meet again thou hast done a fearful deed in falling away from my father's creed but dash that turban to earth and sign the sign of the cross and for ever be mine wring the black drop from thy heart and to-morrow unites us no more to part and where should our bridal couch be spread in the midst of the dying and the dead for to-morrow we give to the slaughter and flame the sons and the shrines of the christian name none save thou and thine i've sworn shall be left upon the morn but thee will i bear to a lovely spot where our hands shall be joined and our sorrow forgot there thou yet shalt be my bride when once again i've quelled the pride of venice and her hated race have felt the arm they would debase scourge with a whip of scorpions those whom vice and envy made my foes upon his hand she laid her own light was the touch but it thrilled to the bone and shot a chillness to his heart which fixed him beyond the power to start though slight was that grasp so mortal cold he could not loose him from its hold but never did clasp of one so dear strike on the pulse with such feeling of fear as those thin fingers long and white froze through his blood by their touch that night the feverish glow of his brow was gone and his heart sank so still that it felt like stone as he looked on the face and beheld its hue so deeply changed from what he knew fair but faint without the ray of mind that made each feature play like sparkling waves on a sunny day and her motionless lips lay still as death and her words came forth without her breath and there rose not a heave over her bosom's swell and there seemed not a pulse in her veins to dwell though her eye shone out yet the lids were fixed and the glance that it gave was wild and unmixed with aught of change as the eyes may seem of the restless who walk 
in a troubled dream like the figures on arms that gloomily glare stirred by the breath of the wintry air so seen by the dying lamp's fitful light lifeless but lifelike and awful to sight as they seem through the dimness about to come down from the shadowy wall where their images frown fearfully flitting to and fro as the gusts on the tapestry come and go if not for love of me be given thus much then for the love of heaven again i say that turban tear from off thy faithless brow and swear thine injured country's sons to spare or thou art lost and never shalt see not earth that's past but heaven or me if this thou dost accord albeit a heavy doom tis thine to meet that doom shall half absolve thy sin and mercy's gate may receive thee within but pause one moment more and take the curse of him thou didst forsake and look once more to heaven and see its love for ever shut from thee there is a light cloud by the moon tis passing and will pass full soon if by the time its vapoury sail hath ceased her shaded orb to veil thy heart within thee is not changed then god and man are both avenged dark will thy doom be darker still thine immortality of ill alp looked to heaven and saw on high the sign she spake of in the sky but his heart was swollen and turned aside by deep interminable pride this first false passion of his breast rolled like a torrent over the rest he sued for mercy he dismayed by wild words of a timid maid he wronged by venice vow to save her sons devoted to the grave no though that cloud were thunder's worst and charged to crush him let it burst he looked upon it earnestly without an accent of reply he watched it passing it is flown full on his eye the clear moon shone and thus he spake whatever my fate i am no changeling tis too late the reed in storms may bow and quiver then rise again the tree must shiver what venice made me i must be her foe in all save love to thee but thou art safe oh fly with me he turned but she is gone nothing is there but the column stone hath she sunk in the earth or melted in air he saw not he knew not but nothing is there stanza twenty two the night is past and shines the sun as if that morn were a jocund one lightly and brightly breaks away the morning from her mantle grey and the noon will look on a sultry day hark to the trump and the drum and the mournful sound of the barbarous horn and the flap of the banners that flit as they're borne and the neigh of the steed and the multitudes hum and the clash and the shout they come they come the horse-tails are plucked from the ground and the sword from its sheath and they form and but wait for the word tartar and spahi and turco man strike your tents and throng to the van 
mount ye spur ye scur the plain that the fugitive may flee in vain when he breaks from the town and none escape aged or young in the christian shape while your fellows on foot in a fiery mass blood stain the breach through which they pass the steeds are all bridled and snort to the rein curved is each neck and flowing each mane white is the foam of their champ on the bit the spears are uplifted the matches are lit the cannon are pointed and ready to roar and crush the wall they have crumbled before forms in his phalanx each janizar alp at their head his right arm is bare so is the blade of his scimitar the khan and the patches are all at their post the vizier himself at the head of the host when the culverin's signal is fired then on leave not in corinth a living one a priest at her altars a chief in her halls a hearth in her mansions a stone on her walls god and the prophet allah who up to the skies with that wild halloo there the breach lies for passage the ladder to scale and your hands on your sabres and how should ye fail he who first downs with the red cross may crave his heart's dearest wish let him ask it and have thus uttered kamorgi the dauntless vizier the reply was the brandish of sabre and spear and the shout of fierce thousands in joyous ire silence hark to the signal fire end of the siege of corinth by lord byron stanzas twelve to twenty two recorded by antipodean writer at antipodeanwriter.wordpress.com dot com